goody, you found me. This is Let's Get Passionate, and we are just about to get started. Hey, welcome to Let's Get Passionate. I'm your host, Emily Martin, and today we're joined by Justin Piercy. We're talking about everybody's favorite morning beverage, which is coffee. How are you, Justin? I'm good. How are you doing, Emily? Good. Thank you. I'm so excited we're here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. Yeah, most welcome. At what age did you start enjoying coffee? That's a good question. I started drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I was like 14 or something at a summer job. Wow. I started drinking coffee. I had my very first coffee a couple years earlier and it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't drink it for a couple of years. Um, it was just like a black coffee we got at Subway. I oh, no. It would be a good idea to drink and was not. Um, and I think when I really started enjoying coffee was probably in my early 20s. And I was working at our church and, um, you know, some of the team there were like big coffee drinkers. And I slowly kind of just got sucked into that wormhole of, you know, Starbucks and getting nicer coffee than Tim Hortons and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. So that, that's probably when I started enjoying it. I did drink it for like a while before that in great quantities, but um, yeah, that's probably when I started enjoying it. How about you? That's so funny that you say that you drank it before you enjoyed it because I hear that from so many people that people are like, I didn't really like it, but now I just drink it every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like there's, there's definitely that there's like a bit of a cultural thing around it. Like totally. people go out and go, go get coffee. Like they go on a yeah. coffee run or whatever. But then like when you start pursuing like getting actually better coffee, it kind of yeah. opens up this whole other world um, that is kind of like a different world, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you also have to learn too, from like being young and trying coffee, not to like overload it with the creamers and stuff. And then you get that gut rot feeling that you don't want associated with coffee. Cause it doesn't have to be that way, obviously. But when you're young or new to it, sometimes you're just like, okay, here's this, you know, super sugar, vanilla creamer. I'm going to load it up. Now it's tolerable to taste, but my stomach hurts really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like in Canada anyway, that's just like the de facto order when you go to yeah. Tim Hortons, it's like you get a regular double double. Yeah. So um, awful. And even when I was having nicer coffee, like I would take it with cream and sugar. And at that time I was drinking too much of it. And I was just like, <laughs> I can't imagine this is like good for my teeth, like putting all this uh, sugar true. in here. Yeah. And so then I was like, I think I'm going to try and just migrate over to black. Yeah. And it still was like, it was like a Tassimo machine. If yeah. I've never seen those. It yeah. very, became more popular eventually, but it, so it was not great, but like <laughs> I weaned myself off of that just because I'm like, I don't want the sugar on my teeth all the time. Yeah. That's so true. And to um, jump back to what you said too, about being about 14 years old, drinking coffee for the first time. I remember being in the kitchen of my parents' house and my dad was brewing coffee. I think he bought already ground beans. So it wasn't like that new aroma of like the nice ground coffee. It was just like percolating coffee, which still smells yep. really good. Obviously just not the same. Yep. Uh, and it smells so good. And I remember going over and taking a sip of his cup before he got to it and was like, oh my gosh, how does this beautiful smell taste like swamp? Like it was yes. just so awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's many people's first, you know, and often like their only experience with coffee. You really kind yeah. of got to go after it to, to get more out of it. Totally. For sure. Do you think that your coffee consumption changed when you became a father? That's a good question. It actually didn't believe it or not. Um, yeah. well it kind of did. Um, you were already like working that AM game at the church anyway. So it's kind of like the same thing maybe. Yeah. And, um, you know, earlier, like a couple of years before I had kids, I have like, um, I have anxiety disorder and, you know, I, I manage that. Mm. Um, Good and for you. I was drinking like six to eight cups of coffee a day. Oh my gosh. And getting like rip roaring panic attacks. Yeah. Um, so I cut it back to two cups a day, which basically made the panic attacks go away. Like within a week. Amazing. And so it's like, I've always stayed at that, like yeah. I do two, two cups of caffeinated coffee a day. Yeah. And like, very rarely do I color outside those lines, including yeah. when I became a dad. So it's like, yeah. I've got my two cup routine 
I basically stick to it. Now, when I say I kind of increased it, I do drink a lot more decaf. Yeah. Um, but that actually just has to do with, you know, I just really enjoy the flavor. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't really change when I had kids. Um, that's good. That, that, that's more a, a factor of like, I know if I have too much, then, you know, other stuff starts to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you already had those guardrails in place rather than they reverse where you're like, oh, now I've had a kid and I'm going to have all this coffee and then having kids and panic attacks. Yeah, so that would have been bad. Would have been so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you know, I joined into Kristen's family with uh, Nigel and Tyson at the ripe young age of 19. And I had had no reason to have coffee before that. I was in a really simple college program that I loved, but was not one of those that you stay up all night and drink coffee to get your projects done. Like it was just pretty simple. So the first time I ever had coffee was when we were heading to Wonderland for his birthday one year. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's stop at Tim Hortons on the way. And so I said, okay, sure. Got an ice cap, which like I'm sure you're familiar with is just honestly gut rotten a cup. Like I can't mm. even, can't even drink half of one anymore. So I, it's my first time drinking coffee and it's just like a punch in the gut and my heart's beating a million beats a second. And I'm talking like my cadence is just like even faster than normal, which it's already so fast. And so it's like, what the heck is this stuff? I don't think I need it. And so it was a good while before I really transitioned into drinking it seldom. Like I really don't drink it daily as it is, but I do really enjoy it when I do. So it was really funny to just go from nothing to the nasty to the nasty, like it's just straight there. I never had anything good in between. So that's exactly what you're talking about. People's first experience is usually like, ew, what is this thing? (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. My, the very first coffee I had, ironically enough, was also on the way to Wonderland. Like oh, that's so funny. At, we stopped at Subway to get some breakfast on yeah. the way down. We were going down with friends. Yeah. And and I ordered that black, co- a large coffee black. I still remember ordering it. And I was like looking up at the person like I was that little. And you're like, I'm really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my dad was like, you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Like, re- really bad. Ah, <laughs> that's so funny. And what do you think of the people that just naturally have enough energy and don't need coffee or don't drink coffee because they don't like it? That's an interesting question. Like (laughs) there's this whole dynamic of culturally coffee has like this, you know, amp you up, gives you energy. Like that's how it's marketed. Yeah. And that's why it's consumed in many cases. Um, But I, I have a friend of mine and like, his whole thing is like coffee over caffeine. That's what he says. Kyle, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he's, he says rightly. So I think like we need to kind of pull apart, like coffee isn't just about caffeine. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually quite an enjoyable drink, Totally. but it, it gets produced in such poor qualities, but large quantities Mm -hmm. because people want to consume it for caffeine. Yeah. Um, so you don't get opened up to the world of the flavor of it. Totally. Um, unless you really go digging. It's, it really is a lot like wine and that there's all kind of comes from different places and there's a really a broad spectrum of flavor in terms of how it's prepared and all that. Yeah. So, so for people who are, you know, um, high energy and don't necessarily need it, um, I would say like, that's great. Um, <laughs> I would still say, you know, there's some really good um, hot beverages out there for you. Like you can get half calf, which is like half caffeinated. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yep. Or there's like really good decafs out there coming now. Sweet. Um, and um, and they're very, very good. So good that um, often like Sarah and I, like Sarah would have, we would together have like, you know, every now and then a glass of wine after the kids go to bed. Yeah. Um, and she has shifted and she's like, actually, I think I want a decaf. Ah, like so. She's choosing coffee, yeah, over wine. That's amazing. Uh, so for anybody in that um, scenario, I would say like, you know, don't think about it just as like something to get you going or to give you yeah. like caffeine buzz or whatever. There still is some really good um, beverages out there that you can open your mind to and and really have a, an incredible flavor experience with. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think people associating coffee with energy is completely accurate. And like Nigel calls himself 
I won't say the word because it's inappropriate, but he calls himself a blank for energy that he will just do anything to get energy because he's a night shift guy. Like, so he's like, I'll take an energy drink. I'll take coffee. I'll take caffeine pills, which he used to do, which are so awful. And so I'm loving this episode for him to listen to later and be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I can up my game and, you know, (laughs) there's other things that I can do. Yeah. It'll be so funny. So let's talk more about coffee and anxiety because I had no idea that you had experience with this, but so do I. So tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've struggled on and off with anxiety kind of throughout my adult life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it comes and goes in waves. And I went through this particularly um, rough season in my early 20s where I was having like a lot of anxiety, like it was difficult to work. I wasn't motivated to do anything outside Mm -hmm. of what I absolutely had to do because I had this like um, gripping feeling of a panic attack coming every day, just Mm -hmm. like clockwork. Like, yeah. They, they would just, they would just come and I would know when they were coming and it would mm-hmm. be like, even just the fear of them coming would mm-hmm. make it worse. Yeah. That's um, what I was going to say is the threat of them is yeah. sometimes more of an issue than the actual panic attack. Right. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, I went and saw a doctor about it and I got a prescription um, and I've been medicated you know, various points throughout my life. Like mm-hmm. medication can sometimes be a really good tool yeah. um, to get something to get you back on track. Totally. Yeah. But I was like, I feel like there's got to be something I can do before I go down this route. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I was Googling and I saw like, Oh, like caffeine, like raises your heart rate. And I'm like, well, it feels like when I'm having a heart, like a panic attack, like my heart rate is up. Yeah. Um, so I cut back, I think I went down to one cup a day just so that I wouldn't get a headache. Cause I was drinking like yeah. eight cups a day. Yeah. Yeah. The um, withdrawal would be real. Yeah. And, and after a few days, like I had a day without a panic attack and that was like, had not happened in months. Wow. Um, that must've felt so good. Yeah. I was like shocked. And then, so I, I kept drinking one cup for a while. Um, and then, you know, I would went like a stretch of a week, no panic attacks. And I hadn't realized that I was juicing my body up with all this caffeine. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, I was drinking highly caffeinated coffees and, you know, just leaning into that. Oh, I want to get more energy. I want to be more productive, you know, like all that. Um, but it was like really hard on my body. Yeah. Um, and I think that anxiety is so prevalent in our culture and coffee is so prevalent in our culture Yeah. and, and teas and caffeinated beverages that a lot of times like my doctor never even asked me how much coffee I drank. Hmm. Yeah. He, he just gave me a prescription. Yeah. And the prescription might've worked, but like, you know, it's a lot better to manage what you have going in. Yeah. yeah. I wonder to, if it would antidote your coffee enough. Yeah. Like who knows? Like it might've worked, might not have worked. Yeah. I, I might've gone up to 12 cups a day and then been in the same situation. Yeah. Um, but if anybody's listening who struggles with anxiety and drinks a lot of coffee, like dial it back for a couple of weeks, yeah. you know, see if it makes a difference. Totally. Uh, it certainly did. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of my first experiences with coffee, like I said, was like noticing that my heart rate went up. And I don't think that I really knew that I had tangible recurring anxiety until I was probably in my twenties as well. Um, but if I look back at my childhood, I don't know about you, but I can like see where it's peppered in to like yeah, who, I, who I was as a kid for sure. And I associate the same thing with exercise, to be honest, I have not been to the gym in so long because anytime I elevate my heart rate, it simulates the same feeling as panic coming mm-hmm. on. Right. And mm-hmm. so the same way as exercise does, that, I've noticed that caffeine does that. So I'm the same way as you, as I, well, I mean, like, it sounds like I'm such a lazy animal, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just like sedentary because I'm avoiding a panic attack, but you know, I'm not running on a treadmill hoping that I'll be okay. It's so funny. The same thing that you've said about having two cups a day, like I will not surpass two a day because a, I don't really feel like I'm tired and need it. But the second thing is for sure that my heart will start like kind of skipping a beat every once in a while. And you're like, Ooh, like I can feel that flutter of like, you know, I'm getting a little bit panicky. I need to start focusing on my breathing. I need to put my cup down. And yep. that, that is kind of like my red flag is literally internal. And I'm like, okay, I can feel the flitter flutter of my heart going yep. and I need to take a chill pill now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, there's a lot of merit to that. And it, I think is largely ignored, but um, it's yeah good for, good for people to pay attention to that for themselves. Yeah. And I know like anxiety is a natural feeling that is obviously supposed to like kind of protect you. That's probably the historical reason why we have that feeling, you know, same with fear, obviously, but when you're inducing it yourself and obviously yes. like <laughs> putting it on yourself, like there's something that you can do about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Associated with this, you know, symptoms or side effects of coffee. Um, some people have an immediate reaction where they have to run to the bathroom and I'm yep. wondering, I'm wondering if coffee makes you poop. Um, it depends on the day, to be honest. Um, and I think some of it might have to do with like how I make it that day or how much caffeine is in the coffee that I'm drinking on a, in a given day. Yeah. Um, some days it's like a one, two punch, like, like exactly what you're describing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, Oh, I then, smell it. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then like other days not. Um, but that is a real thing. Isn't that um, so funny? Yeah. It is really funny. I looked into why it happens because I thought like, at first, you know, maybe there's like an imbalance in me that coffee's just like, oh, you haven't done this. And so here this is for you. And uh, it's actually that caffeine can activate contractions in your colon and intestinal muscles. Yep. So in addition to your heart having palpitations, you also then get colon palpitations. Yep. That is just so inviting of this beautiful smelling beverage everyone <laughs> wants to enjoy. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe half calf for the people that that freaks out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So tell me more about your favorite coffee brands and where you get them. So I'll just say I drink a lot of different coffee brands, like yeah. a lot. And is that we for experimental are, purposes? Yeah. I, I mean, yes. Um, and also I get sent a lot through my Instagram account. So a lot of people cool. send me coffee to try. And so, you know, I'm always sampling um, different, different coffees. Um, and I have a lot of coffee friends globally as well. And we don't realize it here. Um, but in terms of, you know, people in the coffee industry would say, you know, once you kind of move past Starbucks in terms of quality, Starbucks mm -hmm. being whatever um you move into what's called specialty coffee yeah and those are like you know tend to be smaller roasters higher quality beans smaller batches uh, a lot kind of like craft beer so yeah. you know you have your, your big breweries um you have your like molson canadians your budweiser's then you have ones that are still big breweries that are nicer um like steam whistle mm -hmm. you know um but then like you move into like um, here locally for us, like flying monkey yeah. or, or, you know, like any breweries like that. And coffee yeah. is very similar. So in Canada, you know, I have friends over in Europe and they say like the best coffee in the world comes from Canada. Wow. Um, not grown, obviously, yeah, yeah. but roasted here. And yeah. there are so many good specialty coffee roasters. Um, I first got started with Pilot um, out of Toronto. They're quite good. Um, that was kind of my like what first, you know, pushed me into that sphere was drinking a lot of pilot. Hmm. Um, I drink a lot of rabbit hole now. Ethica in Toronto is really good. Um, Rogue Wave, Monogram, um, all these Canadian roasters. There's so many. Um, That's so cool. That are all very good. Um, I really try a lot of, you know, different roasters. If you are just getting into this and you're listening, I would maybe give uh, Monogram a try on the West Coast or or I guess they're kind of just on the side of the Rockies or Pilot if you're near Toronto. Or what you can do is like hit up your local cafe and see what they sell. Like, yeah. um, like a local you know, where you can get an espresso or a pour over coffee. Yeah. And, and Oftentimes the barista will ask you what you, what you like, and then they'll be able to make a recommendation of a coffee that you should try. That's cool. Um, Cause it can be like intimidating. There's a lot more options. It's not like you have your medium, your light and your dark. Yeah. It's like, oh, they make all these different kinds from all different places. And yeah. how do you know what to pick? It's easier to talk to somebody. Exactly. And this is why we're here. <laughs> yeah, totally. So my friends at the Real Talk Christian podcast want a recommendation. Yes. I'm pretty sure they're in Indiana. And they're looking for a delicious coffee brand that won't break the bank, but does not yes. compromise on flavor. Um, so I asked a couple people who I'm friends with in the U.S. 
Awesome. Um, because there's so many good Canadian roasters. Most of what I drink tends to be yeah. Canadian. I've had a couple Which from the awesome. U.S., but um, one of them was in uh, that was re- recommended to me was in Kentucky, um, and it's I don't I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it's Sunergos or mm. S-U-N-E-R-G-O-S, um, and then a couple more. Sorry, I just got my phone here. That's okay. Is uh, polite coffee? I heard it's really good. Um, yes, please. Um, PLZ, please. Okay. Um, Brandywine um, and Roast House Ooh. Uh, are all good ones. You know, I've That's tried awesome. several like smaller ones. There's a guy out on the West Coast named Westy. He's got a like a roaster he does in his spare time, and he operates under Mall Grab. Um, I had some really good coffee from him. Cool. And uh, yeah, but what I really should say. I want to reiterate, if you're just getting into this, if you try and look up some of these roasters, they're going to have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. The easiest thing is to go to a cafe where you like getting the coffee. If it's a pour over or an Americano or flat white or whatever, and they'll probably have some bags behind the counter that you can buy mm-hmm. and just say, Hey, so-and-so behind the counter. I like this. Could I buy some coffee? Like some, and if you, if you ask, I want to buy some specialty coffee, then and you can say I like this they'll make a recommendation and that's a great place to start cool that's awesome we talked a little bit about decaf options um because you said there are so many and so tell me about some of your favorite decaf brands well I'm drinking a decaf from rabbit hole right now perfect Um, my boy David over there um and uh Sophie they got a really good thing going there um they've been you know up and running for a couple years in Montreal so I'm drinking one of those um, right now, um, before that, um, I just finished off a bag of, uh, DeMello out of Toronto as well. There's a fellow roasting in Burlington, um, Ontario named Seth Taylor and all of his coffees are absolutely unreal. Um, and his, his decafs included, but yeah, those are just a couple of the ones I've had recently. All, all very good. Um, I love how much you're supporting locally. I had no idea that you were keeping it within Ontario even. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's the thing. Like, um, I have a friend who's in Wales and he's like, um, an acclaimed competition coffee brewer and barista. Wow. And amazing. He, he does group buys where he will like batch buy like 150 kilos of coffee from a Canadian roaster wow. and import it into the UK and then sell it to all his UK friends. Like that's amazing from, from like roasters that are like a 40 minute drive from where we are. Yeah. That's so lucky. Um, Imagine that. I had no idea. Yeah. And you wouldn't know about them because they're not huge. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you really kind of have to go looking for them, but um, there's a lot around here. Yeah. What's your cutoff time that you can't have coffee passed or caffeine rather passed or you won't sleep well? 2 p.m. Is it? Yeah. That's I good. Kinda, I kind of set the line at 2 p.m. Yeah. Uh, how about you? I honestly don't know. I haven't really dabbled too far into the afternoon to know, um, but I know for sure like 3.30, I won't start a cup at 3.30, but if I'm finishing a cup by 3.30, it's like, okay, you're teetering on, will I sleep well tonight? <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. probably before that, but I just, I don't start a cup. Like after one o'clock, probably I don't start a new cup, but if I'm like dabbling, you know, the mom life or dad life of reheating your coffee 112 times, then yes. I'm like, okay. Or you just drink it cold. Cause you're like, whatever. This is funny. Actually, we haven't talked about this. This is not in the notes, but I had messaged you, I think on Instagram or maybe posted a comment on one of your videos that Nigel puts ice into his coffee, like fresh out of the coffee pot. Yes. And uh, Andy Harvey from Conexus used to heckle him so bad during small group. He'd be like, what are you doing, man? Like, because Andy would then put his coffee in the microwave and like heat it up for 30 more seconds and then drink it while it burned his mouth to a crisp. Like, I don't know how he did that, but that's just so funny. Yeah. Andy likes his coffee hot. um, So hot. Piping hot. Um, Yeah. I didn't actually realize this until probably four months ago, but um, there is an ideal temperature for drinking coffee. Oh. Um, that if you drink it too hot, your your mouth just even physically doesn't get the flavors as well. Yeah. Yeah. It seems um, so. And, and same for cold. So we actually I'm actually drinking out of it right now. I have a mug that actually holds there's a battery in it and it connects to your smartphone and it holds the oh temperature my gosh. 
the perfect temperature and it, well, it's nice because it keeps your coffee warm for hours yeah but it keeps it warm at the perfect temperature for tasting that's so coffee. cool and so what is that temperature 136 degrees fahrenheit wow yeah that's hotter than i thought it'd be yeah it's yeah like normally you'll make coffee around 200 degrees fahrenheit just kind of off boil yeah um so it does have to cool down a fair bit from that yeah but yeah like it's it's a because normally when you're drinking coffee, it's only that temperature for a short window because it's too hot and totally. then it gets down to there and you're like, yeah. oh, that's perfect. And then like, oh, it's starting to get too cold. Oh, it's not as good now. And then but you've like, had your two sips and you're running to the bathroom and your coffee stays on the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you have a whole cup of coffee at that perfect temperature, it's like a really that's phenomenal. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's funny because I didn't want to write about like wine and beer in this questionnaire because it's obviously about coffee not those topics but I was like you know does it need to aerate like wine or does it need to sit you know like a red wine and it's funny that you're talking about how specific the temperature is because you know red wine's the same way you don't yep. chill it because you, you miss the flavor and you don't do this and this and so it's funny that I was avoiding writing those comparisons but you've brought them up which is really cool because yes. I was thinking it was kind of the same, you know, we're talking about flavor profile, no matter what substance we're talking about, if it's coffee yes. or wine. So it's interesting that you've brought it up too. Yeah. I was actually like, um, wine and coffee have actually been kind of almost side by side journeys for me where I really do enjoy wine as well. And we try wine from different regions and different yeah. flavor profiles Cool. and like people decant their coffee. Yeah. Like, like not, not everybody, but you know, it's like for people who really like their coffee, they'll like pour it in a certain way and swirl mm -hmm. it and in craft and, and yeah. aerate it and all of that. And even like, you know, when you, have you seen like the sommelier documentaries No. on Netflix? They're quite no. good. You should I should. Them. Yeah, I should. Yeah. I love um, documentaries, but they like swirl the wine. And they're like, I'm getting like, uh, like peppercorn and uh, rubber and like grape off of, of this or oh and they're smelling it for those yeah. flavors. Yeah. Um, coffee is very similar, like depending on the soil and where it's grown, yeah. Yeah. you'll sometimes get like strawberry flavor in your coffee, Ooh. but it's, it's not like flavored. It's just, yeah, that's kind of how the coffee bean has expressed its flavor. Yeah. They very, there's a lot of similarities between, you know, wine and coffee or beer yeah. and coffee. Um, yeah. And the flavor profiling. Yeah. Now you've just reminded me of a question that I could have written down and it may be a silly question, honestly, but has there ever been like coffee grown in Canada, even like within a greenhouse, obviously it's, um, well, maybe in a greenhouse, I'm not sure, but it generally is like too cold and not enough light. Yeah. I figure too, like it wouldn't be the same authentic flavor, obviously. Like you wouldn't be able to have it produce its natural flavor if you're simulating the environment. Yeah. Higher quality coffees are generally done grown above a certain altitude mm. and it brings out a lot more nuance in the flavor yeah. um, when they're grown above, you know, a certain altitude and in Canada, it's just way too cold that high yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's, that's why it tends to be more in the, in the tropics. It's kind yeah. of, you see pictures of it growing up in mountains. That's why. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want you to verbally walk me through making your cup of coffee. So that will be from the tools you use to that first sip. Um, so let's start with like the gadgets and tools that you use in preparation. Okay. Um, this is difficult because I make it so many different ways. Yeah. But I will say my coffee routine is maybe we'll just do my morning routine because it's the same sure. when I first get up, it's like the same 95% of mornings. Okay. Um, and then my cups after that are always, there's a lot of variety. Yeah. Um, so I wake up, um, I weigh out, you know, 16 grams of coffee. I put it in my, uh, grinder. Um, I grind it fine for espresso and I have a manual espresso press that I use, mm -hmm. which is basically like, um, an espresso machine without the electric parts. Okay. So it's, it's got a giant lever on it. Mm, yes. I've seen it. Yeah. So you like push it and it forces the water through that coffee to make yeah. an espresso. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, that makes a double espresso, which I then split for Sarah and I, and then, um, then basically we make Americanos or long blacks, depending on your terminology. Yeah. Um, that's kind of our morning. That's kind of our morning rhythm. Yeah. Uh, and, 
And then after that, it's usually like pour overs or arrow press mm-hmm. um, or French press um, or, you know, any of the other, um, did, did I say arrow press? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're new, um, the arrow press is what you want probably. Um, That's awesome. So that is like a bulletproof coffee maker. Yeah. I think that whoever's listening to this needs to just have like a notepad to their side because you're just like spitting out all these good brands, all these good roasters in Canada. And now you're like, okay, these tools, someone's just going to be set to have a great tasting coffee after this. Yeah, totally. The one thing that I would say for people who are getting into making nicer coffee at home is you're, you're like, you're going to be focused on what you're using to brew the coffee. So whether that's True. like a pour over or a Chemex or a machine or French press or whatever, like that's what you're going to be focused on. Yeah. Whereas um, a grinder, like investing in a grinder is something that will have a, so much greater impact on the quality of your coffee than like <laughs> anything else you can do. Well, if you like spend, you know, like if you want a good grinder, you should spend a couple hundred dollars on a grinder. Wow. Um, and then basically however you're making it is going to be a lot better. Um, and yeah, it's easier to up the quality of your coffee with a grinder versus getting a new way of brewing it. Yeah, that's so interesting. So let me show you my grinder. I have it sitting to my side because I don't know if you're going to appreciate this or if you're going to say, get the heck out of here. <laughs> I, I probably will appreciate it. <laughs> okay, look at this. Ready? Okay, so it is Black & Decker brand. Oh, yeah, I think I had that grinder. Yeah. So it just like, you know, all goes in here. Yep. Let me open it. Yep. Yep. And then totally. it has the little brush on this side yep. to get it all out. And so yep. this this came from my parents when we moved. They were like, oh, sure, you can have this one since we have two or whatever. And we've just never bought another one. So you saying we need to spend some money on a grinder is the truest thing I've heard this whole episode. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like it's it's very... I don't want to get too technical, but what you can get what technical you showed me is a blade grinder. It's okay. got the blade, yeah. like a blender that yeah. spins in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the better type of grinder to get, but they're quite more expensive to get a good one is a burr grinder. Okay. Um, and the reason is a burr grinder operates a little bit more like a pepper mill. Mm. Um, so you put the coffee in the top and it goes through this pepper mill type thing yeah. inside. Yeah. And then it comes out and it's ground. And the reason why it's better is because when it's a blade grinder, some of the cotton, and you'll experience this if you take it out and look at it closely after, you'll see some chunks in it. Yep. And then you'll see some like dust. Yeah. In it. Totally. Whereas in a burr grinder, everything that comes out is more or less the same size, yep. which means it extracts easier and more consistently. Yeah. Warmly with the water. Yeah. Makes um, more sense. Yeah. So, um, if, um, if anyone's thinking this and I'm thinking like, I want to get a burr grinder, um, where do I start? I'll just tell you the best one for beginners is the Baratza Encore. It is fantastic entry-level grinder, um, entry-level burr grinder. It's great. Uh, so you can just rewind that back 15 yeah. seconds. Listen to that again. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's like, you know, I've done a lot of research cause I get the question a lot. Like what's the best burr grinder for a beginner yeah. and that's yeah. a really good place to start. So do those grinders use gears to crunch the beans rather than the blade? Yes. It, yeah. it literally looks like a large pepper mill inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like the same way that your hand pepper mill yeah. works, Yeah. these grinders work Neat. with a motor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. That's so good. That'll be something that we look into for sure. Because as you see, we are like, honestly, I'm surprised it still works. And I'm kind of just like wanting to see how long it'll last. But at the same time, like I want to have really good coffee. So yeah. And even if you're using a machine, like, like a drip coffee machine, Mm -hmm. if you get good coffee, grind it fresh, um, with a burr grinder, you will not think you're drinking coffee out of the same machine. Like that's awesome. That dramatic. Wow. So that's awesome. You've talked about the grinder being super important, but you also talked about um, measuring 16 grams of coffee. Was that correct? Is that what you said? For espresso. For yeah. morning. Yeah. So yep. now do you use a scale for that? Like, how do you, how do you know what you're doing? Yeah. I use like a really basic kitchen scale with a timer yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is um, it helps you 
it's not that like you need to be super scientific, but it helps you have more consistent cups. Totally. Yeah. If you're brewing manually um, and you're just guessing in the number of beans or the amount of water or how long it's in there, um, it's going to be different every time. Yeah. So you might have a mind blowing cup of coffee one day and then never be able to get that happening again. Yeah. Um, That's so- like one place we, we need to work on is measuring for sure, because we just like throw as much as can fit in there, which yep. I mean, is kind of consistent if you think about it, but it's not like at all measured or, you know, calculated in the least. Yeah. And some days it's probably good. And some days it's probably bad. Right. So some days you know- super strong and some days pretty weak. <laughs> yeah. So if you're measuring and timing, um, and like, it'll just help you be a lot more consistent. Like, so when you hit it, you're like, oh, this was like really good. So I'm going to do that again. Yeah. You know? Um, and it is a little bit of an extra step, but it's, it's worth doing. Yeah. I mean, if you have to do other things in the morning anyway, like you can just take some extra time for that. <laughs> yeah. It becomes part of your routine very quickly. You just pull yeah. the scale and dump out your coffee and dump it in the grinder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be able to eyeball it. Not that you're not measuring it, but you'd be able to know, you know, like quickly how much you have to do. And, uh, as you get used to it, I'm sure. Yeah, totally. And so talk to me about steps of the brewing process that someone like me can upgrade. So you've talked about the grinder being super important and a way to easily change the flavor of what you're getting. Um, but like, I just have a regular, I think it's maybe even, no, I don't think KitchenAid makes coffee makers, but it's just like a Hamilton beach, say, you know, yep. like coffee maker, just super easy, the drip one. Um, yep. and not great to be honest. Um, yep. it, it brews super slow sometimes like, and then it doesn't even do the full amount of water you've done. Cause it's just like evaporating or something. I don't know. Um, yep. and we did have a French press, um, but clumsy me, such a typical thing I did broke the carafe and now haven't been able to find a replacement for it. Yes. So, so talk to me about some easy ways that I can upgrade my coffee. Well, um, buying fresh beans and grinding them fresh right before you brew is mm-hmm. probably the best thing that somebody can do to upgrade their coffee right away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're using pre-ground, um, it's going to be a night and day difference when you okay. start grinding fresh. Um, yeah. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, the, the best and cheapest brewer that I recommend to basically every parent person who hits me up, whatever, um, is the AeroPress. Okay. Um, and you can buy them. They look super weird. Like it looks like, you know, you see it and you think, you know, someone's going to start smoking <laughs> out of it. Like it looks like a bong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you buy them at Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, I forget That's how much funny. they are. I think they're like 30 to 50 bucks, something like that. No way. Um, and they're plastic. So you can put them through the dishwasher if you want and drop nice. them and, and, Emily, they make an incredible cup of coffee. Whoa. Um, They look so weird, but like my, I still remember my first brew with an AeroPress and I drank it and I was like, this is, I just followed the revolutionary website. I'm like, this is so good. Wow. Um, And that was one of the things that really kickstarted my journey. I was like, this is like better than any cup of coffee I've had anywhere. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and so like, it is a really good brewer out of the gate, but then like there are baristas who do uh, world championships. There is an AeroPress world championship. And so the AeroPress, I, the only reason I say that is to say like it grows. It's not, it's not like, it's not like um, you get it for beginners and then you graduate to other methods. Like if you want to brew it another way, you can, but yeah. man, you could brew coffee with the AeroPress forever. Um, wow. And it would give you great cups of coffee. That's um, so cool. So, so that's like when I say, hey, like if you do pour over, oh, you got to get this crazy kettle and, and, you know, but like yeah. with an AeroPress, like you can all, you can do it with a normal kettle. You can, um, you can do it almost without a scale. And it's very good cup of coffee, very cheap. Um, Sweet. Yeah, really that's awesome. Beer. And a good grinder, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good to know. And I did come back to me that question that I wanted to ask you earlier. I just didn't find it. I just didn't find it. But how long are fresh grounds fresh for? Um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, debate about that. Um, People say, you know, like you can keep it for like a month and, but if you freeze it, you can keep it for three months. Um, 
I very often push it beyond that. Um, if you're, I think, I think it's a bigger deal to keep it sealed. Uh. So if it's sealed, like airtight, then it will go, it will be able to hold its flavor a lot longer. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I've so never it, heard of putting coffee in the freezer. Yeah. So yeah. You, I mean, you can put it in the freezer. Like it doesn't hurt anything. You, you just yeah. want to make sure it's well sealed. So it doesn't like absorb that freezer flavor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I pushed that, like I, I drank uh, coffee, like it had been in my freezer, but it was like from like November of last year. Wow. And, I, I and you had ground that yourself. Yeah, it was, I yeah. froze the whole beans yeah. and then I took them out of the freezer, um, tossed them in the grinder right from frozen. Oh, wow. It was delicious. Yeah. Um, so, so do you only grind enough beans for that one batch and then you leave the rest whole? Yeah. Yeah. So you would never store ground beans. Yeah. Um, okay. They lose the flavor a lot faster if mm -hmm. you grind it. I'm trying makes to think sense. of like an analogy, but it makes sense. Yeah. They're all like it, open and exposed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Do you only buy whole beans? Yes. Yeah. I figured yes. now that we've gotten yes. to this point, I feel like I kind of know your, yes. your rhythm a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do occasionally, if somebody doesn't have a grinder, um, like I will grind coffee for friends sometimes. Oh, that's nice. Like, um, but yeah, when I buy, it's always whole bean. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And have you ever found a tried and true way to make a perfect iced coffee? Um, yeah. So I make iced coffee lots of different ways. Um, it's called what, what um, specialty coffee people would call it. They call it flash brewing okay. where you do like basically a pour over or an AeroPress into a, into like a small carafe. Um, mm -hmm. that's like, like looks like a little jug with a handle Yeah, and you fill it with ice. Um, and you put a little less coffee when you're brewing. Um, so basically you're brewing a hot coffee yeah. um, over ice mm -hmm. um, and the ice chills it right away. Yeah. Uh, it like flashes it cold. Um, yeah. And then basically you just pour it into a cup and you can put ice in your cup if you want. Um, but yeah. the coffee will be chilled already. Um, so really it's like if you have a way of making coffee that you already like. Um, just, just pour it over ice. That. Yeah. Just like stick yeah. a bunch of ice in your jug and, um, and do the same thing. So um, Nigel is very innovative when we've thought that he was a bit of a goof. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's so funny. Is there a way to make iced coffee or is it called cold brew then yep. if you somehow soak your beans, this sounds so disgusting. I'm really sorry. That just came out. It sounded horrible. If you, um, you know, like have cold water in the fridge with yes. beans somehow like i don't know yes, totally. talk me through it because <laughs> um, this just sounds inappropriate <laughs> so cold cold brew is fantastic mm -hmm. um there's going to be a lot more caffeine in cold brew oh that's interesting in other types of coffee so that's okay. just something if you struggle with anxiety you got to be, be aware more cautious yeah. with cold brew um i typically don't drink a ton of it just for that reason but yeah. i do love a good cold brew mm -hmm. um and the thing with cold brew is you want to grind a lot coarser when you're using your ground coffee because it's in the water for so long. Um, it will, if it's too fine, it will what's called over extract and become bitter. Ah. Um, and so you grind a lot coarser, you leave it in the fridge. And then the key with cold brew is filtering it really well. Cause you know, basically you have to filter all that out yeah. when you pull it out, you know, a day later or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't filter it super well, you're going to end up with a lot of grit in your coffee. Um, mm -hmm. So that's another great way of making chilled coffee. Um, but just a couple disclaimers there, a lot more caffeine, um, do it with coarser grind and make sure you filter it really well. Yeah. So would you just leave the um, grounds floating around in the water for that 24 hours? Like that's literally how easy it is. And then yep. similar to like a French press, are you just like get all the grinds out, obviously? Yeah. A lot of people use a uh, cheesecloth to filter yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do like some people will run it through like a traditional coffee filter into yeah. a jug. Yeah. They'll just take it out of the fridge and like pour it pour into it. Yeah. like a coffee filter and let it filter, filter down itself. Mm -hmm. But, but like, I mean, that's basically cold brew, you know, yeah. there's, yeah. you can get lots of fancy things that help with cleanup. Um, 
in the way they're built, but yeah. at its core, that's all cold brew is. Yeah. yeah. It's not too complicated. That's awesome. I'm happy because I love cold brew too. And I think in the summertime, somehow I just crave it to be nice and chilled and cold so that it will be a really good one to know coming up for the summer. Yep. So do you add, I know you've talked about um, taking your coffee mostly black now, um, but did you add milk or sweetener to your coffee or do you sometimes still maybe? So sometimes we'll make like coffee, like I want to call them like coffee cocktails in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we ever do anything like that, typically we're making like our own simple syrup um, where it's like simple syrup is like a cocktail ingredient. It's basically one part water, one part sugar, yeah. and you boil it and and mix it up until it's like one thing. Yeah. And then you put it in a jar, put it in the fridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can infuse simple syrup with lots of different flavors. Um, so when we do that, that's typically what we do. That's yummy. Yeah. And what flavors and do you like? Make. Yeah. Um, vanilla, yeah. cinnamon, you know, yeah. some of the spicier yeah. flavors we like. Yeah. Um, if we're doing, you know, a cocktail in the summer, you know, sometimes we'll do rosemary infused simple syrup and we'll do Ooh. the same thing into like, you know, a gin or something like that. Yeah. Um, but um, for coffee, it tends to be either just, you know, straight or like vanilla or like some kind of spicy. Yeah type flavor yeah. yeah i wasn't sure if when you said coffee cocktail you meant like coffee with rum in it or something yeah it depends on the like depends on the mood and the time you know yeah nigel really got into espresso martinis when we were on our honeymoon in mexico he had yep. never had that before and it was so funny a little bit of a sidebar but he drank maybe like five while we were sitting at this like sports bar was like elated to just have like the best time of his life. And then we went out dancing. And then he said he came back to the hotel room. We went to sleep perfectly fine. He didn't have any trouble falling asleep, but then woke up at like 3 a.m. to just like, <gasps> like oh, yeah. sat up in bed, like, oh my gosh, like here it is. Yep. yep. <laughs> so funny. Too funny. And have you ever discovered something like a thick caramel syrup that would be super good for making like an at home caramel macchiato type drink? for us mm. basic chicks again if i was going to do that i would probably make it myself yeah um out of like some simple syrup type thing just because it's going to be way more affordable and mm-hmm. it's going to be better ingredients wise yeah. like no artificial flavors or colors yeah uh, but yeah that's probably what i would do awesome and so would you call simple syrup like liquid sugar basically Basically, it's like yeah. one part one part sugar and one part water. Yeah, so just like a cup per cup, right? Yeah, and yeah. you just toss Boiled, it in yeah. a pot and turn up the heat until it's all like together. Boiled, and then yeah. You put it in a bottle. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm gonna try that for sure. Yeah, it's good. So I asked my audience if they had any questions for a coffee guru. I hope that you're okay with me calling you that. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they've been um, sprinkled through this interview, as you've maybe been able to tell, and. Another question that I've gotten is that sometimes a bag of coffee that was purchased sounds delicious in principle, but then ends up tasting a little bit burnt or acidic. And so Mm. they were wondering if there's a way to remedy that um, to salvage the rest of the beans. Yes. um, The good news is absolutely there is. Yay. Um, Usually when that happens, it's either a problem with how you're grinding it or how you are making it. Mm. So basically you can think of coffee as kind of like there's a spectrum of flavor. Um, so right in the center is kind of what you want. And then on one side, it can be really like acidic or tart. Some people would say, Mm -hmm. um, and then on the other side, it can be really bitter or burnt. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically when you're making coffee, the terms are over and under extracted, Mm -hmm. which basically means what you're pulling out of the coffee grounds. Um, you can kind of think of it as like over or undercooked. Yeah. So if something is overcooked. Um, if coffee is overextracted, overcooked, it's going to be burnt and bitter. Yeah. If it's underextracted and undercooked, it's going to be more acidic. Yeah, more um, raw. So yeah, so it's like somewhere on that spectrum, and your goal is to get it right in the middle. Well, usually what happens is if you're making it in a coffee maker, um, if it's uh, bitter and burnt, the water is taking too long to go through the filtered coffee, mm. and it's sitting in there for too long. And then it ends up coming out bitter and burnt. So you actually want to grind it coarser so Mm -hmm. that as the water is going into it, it actually flows through it faster. True. Uh, 
Um, and then it will be a lot less burnt, bitter yeah. and more balanced. On the flip yeah. side, if it's acidic, um, it means it's under extracted, undercooked, which means the water is going through too fast. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not pulling out a lot of that goodness that really rounds mm -hmm. out the flavor. So you actually want to grind finer, which mm -hmm. will make the water um, kind of go through a little bit slower yeah. and it'll move it more closer to the center of that sweet spot where yeah. you want to be. So it's probably a grind issue, could be a timing issue, mm -hmm. um, but I would start with, especially if you're using a machine, if it's bitter, try grinding coarser. If it's um, acidic, try grinding uh, finer. Yeah. And see what happens. That's awesome. Good. Thank you so much for saying that. So one of my silly questions for you is, do yes. you bother going out and getting coffee at establishments like Starbucks, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, or do you prefer to just bring your own little travel mug? Um, absolutely. We get coffee on the road and we okay. get Tim Hortons and McDonald's, uh, Starbucks. Um, you know, let's be real. I really like my coffee, but <laughs> Sometimes you're just on the road and you just want a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when you got three kids in the back who are losing it. <laughs> yeah. So, and sometimes it's nice to have it made for you. Yes. Um, I will also like frequent local cafes and I'll, yeah. I'll get them, you know, uh, like I know all the, the, you know, cafe owners locally here, um, more in Aurelia than in Barrie, but yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just say like, make me whatever you think is good right now. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Um, and I'll let them kind of choose, you know, whatever they're excited about. And yeah. sometimes you can discover, you know, a new flavor or a new whatever by, you know, having a little shot of whatever the cafe owner is excited about. Yeah, totally. So do you want to give a shout out to some of these local cafes you're talking about? Yeah. So James at Mark four and Aurelia, that guy is an all-star. Um, love him. Um, <laughs> and same with um, Max at Lone Wolf in Aurelia um both like really good guys really high quality coffee um if i'm going to have an americano in barry um often i'm going to common good um mm -hmm. i find uh, they have really good um coffee um and good espresso um i don't think they do like a slow brew pour over there but they do have good espresso um apple annie's in aurelia does a decent espresso as well yeah. Um, and um, I've also been to um, Bohemia in Barrie yeah. um, and uh, the Lazy Tulip um, for a cup of espresso. But um, I find like, you know, in Barrie, if I'm going to go for espresso, most of the time I'm going to go to um, Common Good. They're fantastic. And then yeah. Aurelia, man, like to have two cafes that are as good as Lone Wolf and Mark Four it's just really lucky. That's um, so cool. I've never heard of those two. So I'll have to come and check them out. Oh, yeah. They're, re they're really good. Talk to me more about the online community that you found in starting your Instagram page, Daddy Got Coffee. Yeah, so <laughs> this is like a whole weird side of it where um, I like, you know, I work in digital. So, you know, I like yeah. monkeying around with digital. And I thought I've always wanted to do a coffee blog that it's like a lot of work to write. So yeah. maybe like I'm always taking pictures of my phone, like before I launched my coffee account. Um, daddy got coffee, like half the pictures on my personal profile were coffee. So I'm like, <laughs> That's I'm perfect. just going to start, like I'm going to try and ease into the coffee blogger world by doing an Instagram account. And then yeah. one day Sarah just like, I had like mocked up my account and Sarah just like posted it. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is great. You're doing this. And she, and I'm like, oh, now I have to like start doing it. Keep like, up right with now. it. Yeah. Um, so, but it was great. Like it grew very quickly. Yeah. Um, Did you have any idea that that network was out there? No. So yeah. I knew there were coffee Instagram people. Yeah. Um, and I had found a couple of them. And then what I found is like, oh, it's like a whole community on here of coffee people. A lot of Canadians, again, like Canadian cool. roasters and Canadian coffee influencers Yeah. Um, are, are all on there. Um, but I've got friends, like I've got a friend of mine, um, who's been living in Paris for the last bit. Um, and he asked me for, um, a Chemex recipe for a brew series that he's doing. He's posting that on Sunday. His name's Alex. Great guy. Um, I helped a friend of mine, Josh, who I mentioned in Wales, get a, like a mailing list going for his coffee ordering. Um, and I just actually, um, last night I had a call with, um, a fellow in, uh, Singapore, 
um, my gosh, who has, you know, this coffee maker. Um, and I think it would be a great fit, um, for a lot of the people who are on my channel and, and we were just, you know, talking about that. That's um, so cool. And so it's like, there's, um, there's this, there's this coffee community, um, on Instagram that is actually like a very positive community and, yeah. um, it, it's very fun as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's been a whole other, that's been a whole other thing. I, I got a, I got a care package, um, yesterday from Ethica Roasters in Toronto. Um, and you know, I had, we had, you know, done a couple things together and, um, and they just sent the, me a couple bags of coffee as a thank you. I wasn't like expecting it. Yeah. Um, and they just sent it over and that's so cool. I had some this morning. It was absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of interesting. It's like you get to know people and there's this whole network and this whole group of friends, yeah. um, who you're tracking with one of my buddies, Mike, um, at Mike Flores. Um, he, uh, it's M I K F L O R E S. I learned a lot from him on the espresso side. Um, he just moved. So, you know, getting a chance to chat with him, like he just moved from one place in the U S to another, um, and getting to know, um, getting to know people and you're kind of like doing life at the same time as you're posting all this totally. content. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. Um, yeah. So yeah. I've been really enjoying your videos because they're so satisfying to watch. Like it's just the simple way that you have the angle over the coffee and you're pouring your kettle over the grounds. So it's just like, Oh, that looks so aesthetically pleasing. So yeah. you have, you have a very good theme going on your Instagram. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I try and balance it with like, I find that type of content is like the most prevalent in yeah. the kind of coffee sphere. Like it's very aesthetic totally. often yeah. it's kind of moody, Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's like, let's be honest, like that, like polished thing isn't like my real life. So I try and mix it up with like some real life content in there. Like, okay, I'm doing a video here where I'm brewing coffee and like everything's a mess. Yeah. And like yeah. the kids are going crazy. Yeah. Um, so I try and balance that's almost like more like, self-therapy doing that totally type of content yeah and it really resonates excuse me with parents as well yeah so I have I, a lot of fun with it it's so funny when you post videos I think you've done two now that um have the Paw Patrol theme song in the background yeah. like as the as the song <laughs> and so when I've watched your videos Georgia just looks over at me like what are you watching what are you looking at and so I'll just show her and she's like "Ugh, it's not Paw Patrol but it's so funny that she's interested in your content too <laughs> yeah it's so funny yeah so do you have any other coffee knowledge that you can bless us with today? One thing that I wish I had started doing earlier, um, was logging my coffee making, mm. which sounds really intense. <laughs> so, um, I don't want that to come off the wrong way. Like it, it just is, you know, I spent a lot of time like adjusting my coffee, making yeah. to the point where, Oh, I'm really happy with this. And then I would get a new bag and then I wouldn't be able to figure it out. And then the next yeah. day I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then, Oh, I got a bag that, Oh, I figured it out again this time. Right. Um, and you know, I that started, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I started like just documenting like, Oh, this is like how much coffee, what temperature the water was yeah. how long brewed for. Yeah. Um, and did I like it or not? Um, yeah. And if I have a suggestion for next time, then yeah. it's like, you know, I can, if I'm trying a new coffee, it, I don't go through three quarters of the bag by the time I like it. Totally. I yeah. can get, get to a good result in, you know, like one or two brews. Um, yeah. If I'm lucky, you know, maybe three or four brews at the most. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's, that's something that when I first heard of people doing that, I thought that is too much. <laughs> get down from there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but it, but it is, makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's really helpful. Um, and, and also I will say like, there is so much information out there that it can be paralyzing. Yeah. Um, There is no best way to do it. So like, don't look for the best way and like obsess over trying to find the best way, Mm -hmm. like try something. And if it tastes good, even if you didn't follow the instructions exactly, like it is good. Yeah. Um, Everyone's palate's different. Yeah. So take some pressure off. Um, because that's one thing you hear from new people is like, once you go beyond, you know, getting Starbucks from Costco and putting it in your coffee maker to go into that next 
sphere of like, oh, trying different roasters and different ways of making it. It can be intimidating. Like you hear yeah. that a lot, um, but it really isn't as complicated as it seems. It's just the people who like it really like it. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, they're always monkeying with it, which can make it seem really intimidating, but get yeah. it, try something, get an AeroPress. Yeah. And, uh, and just, just go, go for it. Yeah. Um, and give it a shot. Um, yeah. And if it's good, you're good. Yeah. I was going to say in summary, get a good grinder, get yeah. an AeroPress and, you know, for the different types of, uh, cold brew and iced coffee you want. Yep. Yep. Simple. And, and write down what you do. Yeah. So, yeah. That's um, awesome. I, I can send you the, that grinder and a link for the AeroPress after sure. this if you want yeah. Reason. yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So for our listeners out there, I'm going to say one more time, Justin's Instagram page is called daddy got coffee. Go give him a follow because like I said, it's the most aesthetically pleasing content, but then again, you sprinkle in the realness too. So that's always good. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. People are going to take so much away from this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Most welcome. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you learned something new. Hit follow or subscribe to get my weekly episode and add me online. It's let's get passionate on both Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautiful day.